Welcome to Happy Hour at the Box with CrossFit Instinct, talking all things fitness, health, wellness, food, friends, and more. Hello, everybody. Molly here. Tim is here. (laughs) And today we wanted to talk about nutrition, diet, and how to stay successful with that. Yeah, I think this is a good conversation to have because, you know, me and Molly come from, we're kind of yin and yang when it comes to our approach and our, our uh, philosophies and thoughts on things, but ultimately we're talking about the same thing. So hopefully there's a little bit of uh, information for you coming from all different angles. Neither of us are registered dietitians or anything like that. We are not claiming to be giving medical advice. We just have been working with athletes and clients regarding making healthy, positive nutritional choices throughout the years and found things that work for us and work for our clients. And I think one thing's important to note is everybody's different. Um, I think we know that, we say that a lot, but that's really true when it comes down to it. Not one specific diet is gonna work or or, uh, lifestyle is gonna work for everybody. Uh, It's going to really have to be a lot of experimentation uh, and time changes. So you might even be doing something that works for a while, but then needing to shift it and change it up. It's constant change. It's constant reevaluation, always checking in and seeing how you're feeling, just being, you know, willing to shake things up a little bit. I myself have evolved and changed the way that I eat many ways and many different times over the years, and you never can not face food. It's a part of our daily lives and will be something that you will forever have to be making choices about. Let's get into it. How can we be successful with this? So the first topic that we wanted to cover was just how to get started. And that for a lot of people can be really intimidating, scary, probably scary because you're scared of failing. I think for me, when I think about how to start, I think one thing that's really important is to get a basic level education. Um, And I'm not talking about going to a certification or taking a course on anything. I think just investigating micronutrients, understanding those a little bit more and, and really looking at quality over quantity first, understanding that uh, protein, carbohydrates, and fats are important to look at, but dive a little deeper and look at the micronutrients. One example of that, I remember I was in college, uh, me and my roommate, we were uh, talking about, you know, food, and and I knew very little about it at the time, and um, he was the same way, and we were talking about a Snickers versus a banana, and the difference of sugars and carbohydrates and things like that were so, like, similar. It was nuts, you know, and I really had no argument on uh, which one was better. And this was a long time ago. So obviously now we understand that there's a big difference of nutrients uh, when it comes to real food like a banana versus something processed uh, like Snickers. (laughs) But, you know, if you looked at it just from like a very base level of, of, you know, kind of black and white uh, and just the macros, then it, it would be a little confusing. So I think base level of information on what quality of of the food is and the nutrients and minerals that you're getting from those. My approach with people on how to get started with 
changing your diet, improving your nutrition is three different approaches. People usually fall into one of three categories of the way that they're going to succeed when approaching nutrition. So the first one that I tell people to start with would be to take it one meal at a time. Gradually get yourself into improving your diet. Maybe, for example, you work on your breakfast and make that a habit for a few days. Once you've mastered that and feel comfortable with that, then you could move on to lunch. And now you have breakfast and lunch, both being great meals of the day. Once you feel comfortable with that, then you can start to move into dinner. And if you have dessert, onto your dessert. That way, you're gradually getting into better nutrition. You're allowing yourself to slowly create these habits so it's not so jarring for you right away. If you know that you're a food addict and maybe sugar is a big deal to you or other processed food that you're really addicted to, this can be a great way to wean yourself off of that so that you don't crash and burn. Another approach would be to wait until you're ready. There's a lot of people that I work with who try to force themselves over and over and over again to getting their diet to improve and not waiting until they 100% feel ready to do it. If you are 75% ready, but you're not 100% motivated yet to do it, usually if you force yourself to do it, it's just not going to work. The best thing to do would be to just give yourself some grace, wait a little bit until you have that really deep motivation inside of you to do it and you'll be more likely to stick to it. The third way to approach it is to just do it. (laughs) Quit overthinking, quit procrastinating. If you have that motivation, if you can just go cold turkey, then just do it and commit to it. Some people do really well that way and can make some great long-lasting changes. Additionally, with the quality versus quantity Another approach or something that I like to look at or, or, you know, kind of look at in terms of of depth of the food that you're eating is, you know, you have to think about it in terms of it's fuel. It's a fuel source. Uh, Food is definitely there for enjoyment. But the the ultimate idea is that, you know, you you are a living organism. Your body is alive. You want to eat things that are alive or have been alive and things that have been fueled by the earth. So, you know, as example, a plant gets fuel from the sun, from the water, from the whole natural process. And we are connected in so many ways to everything around us. And so it's like adding, you know, a perfect puzzle piece to match another perfect puzzle piece. You can survive off Oreos, but you'll thrive off of, uh, you know, healthy, natural foods Uh, that have uh, just a perfect match for your body. So I think another way to really look at food is that it is something that should be aligned with what you already are. Uh, So that's just one more approach to think about. Okay, so shifting gears a little bit, that was hopefully some good ideas or advice for you on how to get started to make some changes. Now we want to go into how to stay on track long term. One of the biggest things to understand is that part of the journey is that there are going to be bumps in the road. There are going to be times when you fall off the wagon and you need to not let yourself get so down when something happens. You know, you have a 
a day that just ended up not being good. Maybe you went out and got some drinks with friends and then you had pizza that night and you got into the ice cream when you got home or whatever it is. Some people look at that and then completely think they've ruined all the progress they've made and they just give up. You have to understand that you're going to have times where you don't do your best, you don't make the best decisions, but that can't derail you. You just have to use that as fuel for the next day to get back on track. And if you don't feel motivated the next day to get back on track, just like what I said earlier, you eventually will. And when you do feel like you're ready to get back on track, you'll do great with it. So just don't get into that mind trap of beating yourself up when you don't do so well, because that is part of the process and understanding that just because you had a bad afternoon, evening, or a bad couple days in there, that's not going to derail you. If you look at a year journey of yourself and your nutrition, having those come up every once in a while, but staying committed the rest of the time is not going to throw you off your game at all. You have to be so judgment-free with yourself and understand the bigger picture and the longevity of eating. I mean, it's not a six-week program and then you're done. Food has to be something that you enjoy and that nourishes you your whole life. Uh, so that analogy of the Ferrari and putting in the good gas, the premium gasoline is great. But on the flip side, the Ferrari has no emotions, uh, you know, has no events that are happening, no holidays that no holiday parties that the Ferrari is going to. I mean, realistically, you, yeah, it's ideals versus realism, the ideals of eating really well and also the realistic part of life, uh, which is you, know, you should enjoy yourself. Uh, on the flip side, you know, you have to have some form of discipline. For me, that work, the work of the discipline is tracking your food, starting off with, you know, one or two weeks of actually using an app or a journal, looking at portion sizes, looking at what, you know, things actually look like in terms of weighing and measuring, uh, not forever, but at least at the beginning to just get an idea of, you know, what does you know, 24 grams of protein look like? What does 800 grams of fruits and vegetables look like? Uh, how much water intake should you be having? And what does that look like? Start with that, then have an idea of what works for you. And then you can kind of eyeball it and, and come back to that, you know, from time to time. So uh, that's another thing for me that's worked really well is, is starting with some tracking program, but then eventually, realistically, I can't continue that the rest of my life or I would move on to something, you know, just kind of grab it and eat it. Every once in a while, you can come back to that tracking and, and see how you've been doing. I think that's a good point because it's easy to lose sight of how much you actually need long term in order to have success. Checking yourself throughout the journey is important and it doesn't just end once you've had a successful six weeks or eight weeks or however long it would be. You do need to go back every once in a while and just check everything and see how you're doing. That brings us also to the next point of how to break through a plateau. I think just what Tim said is actually the same advice that we would give to break through a plateau. And this kind of goes along with how to stick to it long term is going back and journaling your food, going back and checking your macros if you're counting your macros, but at least writing everything down to see what you're eating and how much you're eating of it. A lot of times when I work with people and I tell them, hey, track your food for a week or keep a food log 
for one week and then turn that into me so that I have an idea of where you're starting from. Every single time they turn in that journal to me, they come in and kind of laugh and say, well, I actually ended up eating way better this past week than I had been because I knew you were going to look at it. That just shows right there that journaling your food makes you so much more aware of what you're actually eating so that you don't go and mindlessly grab some chips or some popcorn or whatever you might have easily available. Just recently, I was um, working with a friend of mine, shout out Ryan McKennedy, if you're listening to this, buddy, but he's um, a nutrition coach. And I think part of it is knowing that you can reach out to people who, you know, do this stuff, who are experts in their fields, inspired in these fields. And although, you know, me and Molly know quite a bit about this nutrition world, we also know there's things we don't know. And I think that's a big part of it is, is as the journey goes to continue to open up to more and more ideas and more and more teachers and um, not to get set in just one way. So I was reaching out to him. He was helping me out for a while. And two things that he offered that really helped me, and maybe they'll help you, is the night before is to write out what you're going to eat that day. And that was a great step-by-step plan for me because I always was writing out, you know, what my daily, my, my schedule was going to be and what are some things I needed to get done. But to actually think about writing out the foods I was going to eat, the meals I was going to have was really helpful even if it was just for like a week or two to do that and see what I was doing there, um, that caught me on the right track. And then the other thing that he suggested, which again, these are things, you know, basically I know, but every once in a while you just get stuck, stuck in your own ways. But I was, uh, doing some intermittent fasting, not on purpose necessarily. I was just teaching early classes and I needed to, uh, you know, I really wasn't hungry in the morning. And so I would wind up eating a lot later I'd maybe get up at 3.30 or 4 and not eat till 10.30 or something like that. And he suggested, hey, man, just eat something. Bring an apple, bring a protein shake, whatever, and just have that, you know, halfway through that uh, training and, and work schedule. That way when you come home, you know, you don't devour everything in the kitchen. And that's such common sense stuff that sometimes we overlook what we're doing and f- you know, every once in a while need to ask for help or step back and really take a, a bigger look at what we're doing. And, and um, it's not always, you know, that you have to be more disciplined. Sometimes I think it's that you need to understand to, to be a little bit looser with what you're doing. And I think that's the contrast of what me and Molly are all about is that there's, there's no right or wrong way um, that you just have to kind of continue to experiment and uh, go on this journey Uh, as it is going to be a lifestyle. It's funny that you bring up intermittent fasting because the next topic we were going to go into was um, tricks that have helped us out throughout the years. And one of them that I was going to bring up was fasting and how that's helped me clean out my body and sometimes even do some cardio sessions fasted to help burn fat a little faster. But I was going to bring up that sometimes fasting can lead you to binge Because you're so hungry and you feel so empty that then you do come home and eat faster than you actually can tell when you're full and can lead to overeating and feeling terrible. So I would just experiment with intermittent fasting. And if you can get away with doing it and not binging after, then I think it's a good plan for you. 
Or if you do feel like you need to fill up and eat a lot of food after, if it's good, healthy food, by all means, you can eat as much as you want, really. So that that can be a, a helpful thing because especially if you're dieting and trying to pull back on how much food you're taking in for the day, fasting can be a great way to feel like you're eating a lot because instead of spreading those calories and macros out throughout the day and eating small meals, you could save that all up and have a huge dinner that's really fulfilling and you're satiated. So that might be a good tip for some people. But if you know that you are likely to binge, especially if you have bad food in your house, that might not be the way to go. Other things that have really helped me out over the years is to rely on fruit. People, for some reason, have this thing in their mind that fruit equals sugar and sugar equals bad. And I agree that sugar is bad, but sugar from whole foods really shouldn't even be called sugar. And I hate that it is called sugar. It's completely different. There's nutrients, there's fiber, there's water. You'd be way better off eating five bananas for a dessert than, we'll go back to Tim's example, a Snickers bar. Even though if you look at the quote-unquote sugar in the bananas versus the Snickers, you'd be eating more sugar with the bananas. I would love for someone to someday bring me a person who's become obese from overeating fruit and no junk food because I don't think it's out there. I really don't think anyone who is completely obese has gotten that way from eating 100% clean, but including a lot of fruit in their diet. Fruit can be a great crutch to lean on when you're trying to get rid of sugar from your diet, processed sugar. And if you're used to having dessert every night, chocolate bar, ice cream, whatever it is, if you can substitute fruit in there and eat as much as you want, you're still going to be better off overeating fruit versus eating processed crap. Other things that have really helped me out, and I know Tim too, is working on water and hydration. A lot of times when you think you're hungry, you're really actually just dehydrated. And also your body is going to run a lot better and burn fat faster if you're hydrated. You'll also get less sore from your workouts. So there's a lot of positive things about working on your hydration. Tim, I think you brought this up a little bit, but having a buddy, someone to hold you accountable or someone to go through the journey with you. I know, for example, Chris Spitzer and Kim Cavanaugh have kind of paired up with each other to work on nutrition, and it's really worked out well for them because they can send recipes to each other, text each other about the way that they're feeling that day, or if they're tempted to go out and not eat the best thing, they have their buddy there to bounce some ideas off of and get that encouragement to stay strong. The last tip or trick that's helped me is committing to stay active and being active. When I don't work out and I'm less active, I actually have a harder time with eating well. When I am training consistently and training hard, I'm a lot more likely to fuel myself with good food because I don't want to undo everything that I just did. I just feel better and I know that if I have a hard training day tomorrow, if I put good fuel in my body, my workout's going to go better tomorrow. Tim, what are some tips and tricks that have helped you? Yeah, I think just being really honest with yourself 
are you doing the best you can? Is there something that you could tweak? Even if you changed it 5%, if you made 5% change to what you're doing in two or three months, that's a big difference. And being patient, giving yourself that, you know, couple months to actually get to that groove. Uh, a six pack doesn't mean you're healthy. There's a big difference between a six pack and health. And when Molly was talking about fruit, that's the, that's what came to mind. I think so, so many people get afraid of, of, you know, being super lean versus being healthy. And then they're afraid that if they have too much fruit, they're going to lose this leanness and you do want to be lean. You do want to have tons of muscle and as little body fat as possible. Uh, but that is, you know, that isn't something that's going to last uh, forever. That is also something that's probably more in your 20s to 40s. Honestly, I think as you get older, uh, you're going to experience a little bit of change in your physiology. And that, that's completely normal and natural. But to think that you have to have uh, a six pack to be healthy is totally not true. And in fact, quite the opposite. There's so many cases where uh, the hormones are messed up with uh, diets and people have had issues for that. And it's something to kind of really uh, look at in terms of what are we calling healthy uh, versus, you know, just something that's aesthetic driven. So, you know, just be honest with yourself, get educated. Uh, you know, don't think that you have to be super all in. It can be something that you start with, make 5% changes and go from there. We love every approach. We're not saying there's one right or wrong. Uh, you know, again, though, I always look at the source. Is it is it real? Is it real food? And if it is real food, uh, you really can't go wrong. Uh, the other thing I want to just throw out there is just this is maybe more for coaches or maybe just I don't know, anybody that's trying to help somebody out with food is to understand there's a big emotional component to it. And maybe I'm speaking more to guys uh, so that they understand that the emotional component may be different from men to women. Maybe not. But what I've seen, you know, from doing this for so long now is that you can't just make a giant change in the diet. You can't just tell somebody to do something and expect them to do it. And just why are they doing it? Just do this now. And there's so much more to it. Uh, underneath those choices we make, there is a certain system of beliefs. There's uh, stuff that's happened in the past. There's certain ideas and, and perspectives that, that we all have that uh, may be fueling the choices that we're making. And so I think it's important to remember that there's also an emotional component to our food choices and just to, to really be able to see the choices you're making and is it, is it an emotional choice that you're making, uh, which is totally fine, but understanding that. And then if you are giving people advice to really be careful about what you're telling people to do because uh, there's a lot more under the surface and that's probably the first place to start is not just to say, hey, do this and that and that's it, but to really look at a deeper place of, of where those changes would need to come from. I think it is similar for women. I know, I think, I don't remember what the statistic was, but it was, I think it was two thirds of women at some point in their life have suffered through some type of an eating disorder. I greatly struggled with anorexia and bulimia when I was in my late teens and early 20s and if I would have tried to too soon after that phase, 
count macros or calories or done fasting, it probably would have sent me back into a really bad place. I think that's a good point that you brought up because you do have to be careful and you don't know where people's heads are at. The best way to approach it is to always approach it with love and understanding that these people might be food addicts, they might be slightly anorexic and under eating, they might be bulimic and binging all the time and throwing up after. You just have no idea what people are going through and people aren't very open to talk about that while they're going through it. Give yourself grace and if you are struggling with any of those things, my advice would be to just focus on being as fit as possible and making food choices that are going to make you as strong as possible. Someday you'll be ready to take it to the next step. CrossFit actually helped me overcome a lot of my issues around food because prior to CrossFit, I was so focused on just being lean and just being skinny. And then once I saw CrossFit and saw these girls who were jacked doing amazing things like muscle-ups and heavy hang power cleans and pistols. I wanted that. I wanted to be strong and I wanted to do all these cool things with my body. And so I started working out really hard and I quickly learned that the way that I was eating was not fueling my workouts. I felt like crap. I wasn't putting on muscle. I wasn't recovering. It forced me to reevaluate what I was doing. And that actually really, really helped me get over a lot of my issues regarding body image and food because I just wanted to freaking throw 200 pounds over my head. And I didn't care if I had a little belly jiggle or not. I wanted to do that because that was freaking cool. (laughs) So we could go into so many more topics. I feel like we're really just going off on the many different things here. Yeah, I I think it's just boils down to you know, where you're at in your life, what your goals are. That's very important. What are your goals? Really, you can get anything you want if you are clear about where it is you want to go. Be patient with it. If that is a direction that you want to head and, and you know it's going to you know, take a big change, be patient with it. But think about your health, number one, not just physical, but mental, emotional, spiritual health, all those things. They're, they're not separate. If you start to change your you know physical health it bleeds over to mental health and it's really reciprocal it kind of keeps coming back and forth and so if you make one small change in one area just know that it's going to bleed over and that's uh, there's no neutral there's no neutral decisions I mean you're ultimately uh, moving into health or moving away from it and that's completely judgment free it's just understanding the choices that you're making day to day have tons of power and that's beautiful I mean that means that you, are sitting in the driver's seat and uh, to really live the best life that you can. Uh, There's so many little things that we could say here and there about being patient and and also on the flip side, have discipline. And you really have to find the middle ground between that. All right. I think we should wrap this up. We have a lot more things we want to dive into regarding nutrition on future podcasts. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can find me on social media, on Facebook under Molly Hahn. I'm on Instagram under Maldoll52. 
Tim's on Instagram at Erhan three. Erhan three, I think it is. Yeah, and he's on Facebook as well. Obviously under Tim Han. Most of you guys probably have our phone numbers. We really love working with people and helping people with lifestyle and nutrition choices to make small improvements here and there. Thanks for tuning in. We have a lot more exciting topics to talk about with you guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed it, got something out of it, and we will talk with you soon. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube, and get a hold of us if you'd like to get our gym emails. Stay in the loop of all things instinct.